0: Well, hello, neighbor. (laughs) It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Won't you be mine? Could you be mine? Would you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. How's it going, DV? You guys happy to be here? So good to see you all. How many of you have no idea what I just did right there? You can just raise your hand. You're like totally confused. What is that? Did not grow up with that. How many of you? It's a flashback to when you were a kid or to your parents, you were a parent, and you had your kid, and you would watch. Okay. Some of you have a little bit of an idea of what we're what we're doing today. Well, Welcome, everybody. We are super excited. We are um, have a just a focus and an expectation of what God wants to do today in our m- in in our midst in this moment. And I believe, you know, that God wants to speak to you in such a powerful way. And so we have gone through the trouble. Which great job, Max. I don't know where he went, but great job. I'm putting that up there. Um, We are we are continuing a series today called won't you be my neighbor and we're in part two or part three of our series today And so if you have your bibles, would you open them up to the book of luke chapter 10 and if you were here for part one of our series We talked a little bit about what it means to be a neighbor We actually looked at this passage of luke chapter 10 and we talked about How we can become a good neighbor But one of the things we didn't do, we didn't answer, was the question that the lawyer in this story, we're gonna read it again all together, but he had a question. He asked Jesus, then who is my neighbor? So we didn't answer that week one. I hope to answer that today, at least start to, because I have to tell you, I have been reading through this passage like every day for the past three weeks, getting ready for our talk today, and every time I read it, I get something else, and I get something else, and I'm like, I didn't say that last Sunday. We gotta share again this Sunday. We gotta come back and, and share it again. And so I, hopefully we will not like beat this horse till it's dead, and then some in this series, but um, pray for me. <laughs> we can actually wrap this up, but we're only in week two, or week three, maybe. Anyway, um, so if you have Luke chapter 10, we're gonna go through that whole passage again and we're going to try to answer in our moments th- that's what i want to do today is talk a little bit about who is my neighbor and as we get kicked off today i want to tell you a little story about vilma who's in the back row right there vilma would you raise your hand everybody can you guys see vilma we love vilma if you guys want to give her a hand you're welcome to give yeah. her a hand yeah. we love vilma when we kicked off this series a couple weeks ago we we talked about who you know won't you be my neighbor and Vilma said, "Pastor, you've got to tell you my story." And so after the service, she told me her story, and she told me how um, when she moved to the new place she's at, she was asking herself the question like, "Why am I here, God? Why did I move to this place right here? I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Um, everybody's kind of busy doing their own thing. I don't really know if I fit in here. And so she just decided that she was going to cook some food and go next door and bring them some food. And so she knocked on the door she brought them food. And the next day, the neighbor came over back to her house and brought her some food. And then the next day, Vilma went to another neighbor, brought them some food. And then she heard about the neighbor she first went to that went to another person's, And before you know it, they have this community that all of a sudden developed of 20 or so people that have, ha- have been sharing food with each other. Well, a couple weeks ago, Vilma was sharing the story that she felt ill. She was in the hospital, and her neighbors were knocking on her door, but she wouldn't answer. They kept knocking. They got worried. What should we do? She doesn't answer. So they got the security of the place, the, the association, and, and they opened the door of her house because they were worried. They were like, she's not answering. Day after day, they would knock, and she wasn't. So they went in. They opened the door. Vilma, where are you? And she wasn't there. You know where she was? In the hospital. She had been in the hospital for the past few days, and so she wasn't answering her door. But she found out that her neighbors, she got a call at the hospital. Your neighbors are going crazy looking for you. And we we didn't know where you were and we didn't know what happened. And so she got all this love. All this love from all of her neighbors. And she was telling me, even today, how they, um, she got so much love from all those neighbors calling her while she was at the hospital and bringing her more food. And, and we were trying to bring food, like organize ourselves to bring food. And she's like, no, no, no. These neighbors, I'm more than covered. I got enough food for, for, for all the time. And so what do you guys think? Can a little bit of food, maybe some pastries or some food, can, do you think that can really make a difference? In the city, in the culture that we live in, in Miami, where we are so busy, where we're so into ourselves and so into, like, trying to make sure that we're getting things done, can a little plate of food or some pastries really make a difference in somebody's life? Why don't you ask Ms. Vilma? Because she feels incredibly loved by the 20 or so people that have impacted her. And so absolutely can it make a difference. It can. it can, And so I, I want us to, what I want to do today is I want to revisit a little of what we started off with in part one of our series, and then I want us to take what I believe is the next step for us. So in part one of our series, we talked about what is it going to take for us to become a good neighbor. You can, by the way, the reason I'm mentioning is maybe you might be able to dial it up a little bit. If you can't, you can listen to it for free on the podcast anytime you want, so I'm not going to preach that message because that one was already done, but uh, we did talk about how we can show mercy. We talked about the different areas that that we did, and I got some feedback from some folks who told me what a difference and how it impacted their life. It was very encouraging, so I think it might actually help you, so you may want to listen to it as well, but today I want to revisit the passage of Luke chapter 10 because what we learned in part one of this series, as I said before, is what is it going to take for us to be a good neighbor, but we didn't answer the question, well, who is my neighbor? So if you're taking notes, I would love for you to either write this down or take a picture as it comes up on the big screen, because it's kind of a long statement, but it's our point number one of our talk today, and that is this, that the absolute best use of our lives is to use our giftedness to impact those around us for the sake of Jesus. Let me say it again. The absolute best use of our lives is to take our giftedness right the best use of our lives is to use our giftedness to impact those around us for the sake of jesus that's what we're talking about in this series won't you be my neighbor and who are those you see that phrase there those impact our community the best use of our lives is to use our giftedness to impact our community all right maybe you didn't get this part i added this of those around us so who are the those around us it's our neighbors, it's the people we see every day. And so I want us to target today to have in mind the people who actually live in our community. I think of a lot of times we get so focused in wanting to help the other, and I say it like this in quotations, that what we have to do is we have to jump in our cars and drive to where the other is, or we have to jump on a plane and fly to where the other is, but so many times we forget that the other is right next door I do this all the time with my boys I, I, I'm talking to an adult And I'm talking to them And my I don't know if you saw them They were like bombarding But they were like grabbing on my leg And, and i not even paying attention To what his needs are Or her Well his, I got two boys His needs are And because I'm talking I'm so engaged I forget about the one that's right next door And so today I want us to focus on that As we read this passage together In Luke 10 verse 24 Let's read the passage It says And behold A certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, Well, what is it written in the law? What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And so he answered and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, he meaning Jesus, says, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live, and so what we learned last time, we talked about the passage that the lawyer was trying to trick Jesus with this question, right, and we talked about how it, any good lawyer would never ask a question without, our, with, without already knowing what? Yes. The answer, right, good, the answer to that question, so he was trying to trick Jesus, and Jesus would have none of it because he answered the question with what? Another question, right, so how do you read the, the Moses, the law, the law of Moses. How do you read this? How do you get this, right? And so he's wondering, the question is, how do I inherit eternal life? And I have to tell you guys that I've been doing this, I took those two words, eternal life, and these past couple weeks I've been doing a word study on just those two phrases, word, eternal life. That's not today's message. It could be later in this series, but not today, but but it's been so deep, so impacting these two phrases, eternal life. But, but Jesus says to him, how do you think? What does the law of Moses say? And the certain lawyer answered the question, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Pastor Abdi, didn't you just read that? I did, but I wanted to read it again, because there is a similar passage in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 34 through 40, let's it's going to show up on the big screen, or you can click to it on your electronic, or if you actually have a physical Bible, kudos to you, but you can look it up as well. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Totally different question, mind you. Which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the answer has become known as the great commandment. What is the great commandment? It's right here. Love God. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God, and, and how important was this to Jesus? Well, in the passage that we just finished reading in Matthew, but let's go to Luke right before the one we just read. In Luke 10, 28, Jesus said, Do this, and what? You will live. Do this, and you. how important is it? Well, if you do this, you're going to live. And then in Matthew, jumping back to the Matthew 22 passage, what does he say? Jesus says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So none other than eternal life and all the truth written in the Old Testament hang on this. So is this important? For Jesus, it was the most critical Part of this is the crit I, I, I don't want you to miss this This is the great commandment Super spiritual This is it So it's one of the most critical teachings of Jesus ever So important that it should grab our attention Grab our commitment Grab our enthusiasm Our passion Right But this is a real challenge Seems so simple And yet It continues to elude us Doesn't it so simple, but yet so challenging. Hmm. So it was a real challenge for the religious in Jesus's day as well, you guys. It, it sure was for this certain lawyer who asked that question. Um, it, it, the, that certain lawyer in the book of Luke, and we talked about this in part one, where he asked Jesus a question, as any good lawyer would, would ask, right? Well, he, and he answered the question. He knew the answer so well, he gave him book. Chapter and verse: Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and stress, Deuteronomy six five, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's Leviticus nineteen eighteen. I got this, Jesus. Yeah. Certain lawyer knew all the right answers up here, but what was he failing to do? What Jesus said: Two words. Two. One word. Two letters. One word. Two letters. <laughs> do. Do this and you will live as you know it up here but where is it in here do this and you will live come on jesus okay well who is my neighbor the bible says he was trying to justify himself the lawyer trying to justify himself in verse 29 Uh, you know answer that question who is it and this time jesus doesn't answer the question with a question he answers the question with a story And we talked about this in week one, the good Samaritan story that we could also call the good neighbor story. So I want us to look at this again. Who is your neighbor? Because that's what the certain lawyer was asking. Well, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Okay, so then Jesus answered. We're in Luke chapter 10. And he says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, everybody say by chance. Oh, you guys are awake. (laughs) My 11 o'clock service. Yes, love you. And by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. Can everybody say Levite? Levite? Okay. Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. So let's summarize this. What happened? These thieves came by. These thieves saw this certain man as someone that they could exploit. They weren't concerned about him being a human being that had value. They wanted to take all of that value from him for themselves. They weren't caring about him. These thieves were. And then you have these religious people Right? who the religious people see this certain man on the side of the road as a nuisance, somebody to avoid, <laughs> right? That's who the religious people see. And, and what do I mean by religious? They were people who had the appearance and maybe even the outward conduct all set. They knew all the right answers, right? See, religion is a person's attempt to make himself right do whatever he can do so that God will be able to love them. And so what we do is, uh, religious people, right, we want to be acceptable to God. What do we do? We do good works. And this is often accompanied by religious rules. And instead of resulting in closeness to God, it, it ends up being lifeless. Religion is centered on man, not on God. It's centered on what we can do to earn God's love. And so these religious men, they avoided the injured man. Maybe they thought that their service to God had been fulfilled. I went to church already on Sunday. I put my little envelope in the black boxes that came up, and I gave my tithe already. I'm good. I did my thing already right? This is something extra. It has nothing to do with me anymore. I fulfilled my duty. Maybe they were thinking, you know, I don't have time for this. It's, it's none of my business anyway, right? I, I can't stop and help every Joe that's by the side of the street anyway, right? Someone else, I'm sure, will be able. Whatever they're thinking, they avoided coming into contact with the man, and they passed him by. And so we learned in part one that it was the Samaritan who saw an opportunity. Everybody say opportunity an opportunity to minister to this man, even though in his day the Samaritan and, and the Jew, which this was the certain guy on the side of the street, Samaritan over here, Jew over here, they were like at odds, at war. There was tension between the two. They normally avoided one another like the plague, but the Samaritan, he, he had, you know, he made no excuses. He had no ulterior motives and simply did what he could do to meet the needs of what he saw. Now, I wonder if we don't see ourselves in this story. <laughs> and I hope it's not the thieves, right? I hope it's not the thieves. I hope you're here like, I'm the thief. No, 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 I hope that's not you. I, I, I wonder where we see ourselves. I wonder if most of us are the religious ones. The, the, and so the point is this, that the great commandment is God's simple truth of who we're to love. Who are we to love? we're going to talk about it. Who are we to love? And so as improbable as a Samaritan would be to help a Jew, how much more are we to care for a neighbor? So going back to the lawyer's original question, well, who is, who is my neighbor? See, in Jesus's day when we talked about neighbor, the certain lawyer, he knew who his neighbor was. It was his understanding that, the, that as a Jew, his neighbor is a fellow Jew. That's who his neighbor was. So when he asked Jesus the question, he was trying to justify himself because he was doing everything right according to him. And Jesus blows up his understanding of his neighbor completely and puts this twist in there, right? And Jesus says, no, 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 it's not just, don't miss this, it's not just the Jew, it is everyone you see. So who is the person that you see in, the lane, in your lane today who is, who is in your path Who are the people who live to the right of you And to the left of you Who are those people who live in the regular orbit Of your daily life As Donovan so beautifully sang This morning with his team Who are the people In your neighborhood In your neighborhood In your neighborhood Who are the people In your neighborhood Anybody know the rest of it it's the people that you see each, each day. I think the expert of the relig- religious law and the religious leaders in the Good Samaritan story were trying to define neighbor as someone that they could pick and choose who it was going to be. If it was somebody that, that could make them inconvenient for them, that it w- didn't require a lot of investment or a lot of their time, it d- was it inconvenience for them. This is they get to choose who their neighbor was. And Jesus says, uh-uh. Can you look at your neighbor and say, uh-uh. <laughs> Nobody really did that. So, okay, we'll keep going. Okay, so that, that's, but Jesus would have none of that. He said, your neighbor is the person who you see, who is in your lane, who is in your path during the day. The neighbor your neighbor are those people who live in the regular orbit of your daily life and when you represent jesus to those people by showing mercy in all those areas in week chapter in week one of our series you can look at that right it becomes a powerful force in representing jesus on your front line or on your front yard right you know what we we know this story We know the story of the good Samaritan, the good neighbor. We know the story. But I wonder how many of us actually live like the religious guys rather than the good Samaritan or the good neighbor. I wonder if we excuse ourselves from the call of Jesus to know and love our neighbors, our coworkers, our parents, you know, or the parents on the kids team that we see but we just don't take time, or our literal neighbors because it doesn't fit in our timetable. You know, we're, we're, we're busy you know, we got other plans, yes, we struggle, I want to tell you, I struggle with this, I'm not alone, I'm bringing this, but I got one, two, three, four, three, sorry, three at pointing at me, however, if you're taking notes, you can take a pic of this on this coming up on the big screen behind me, and I really want you to dwell on this, what we say here at DV is linger, The Bible calls it Selah, just Selah on this. Meditate on this next point here, okay? The Bible uses, uh, so great things happen when you bring the presence of Jesus to those who live closest to you. When Jesus told the story of the good neighbor, the good Samaritan, uh, he wanted to capture what it would look like if a person who had nothing to gain would take literally what it meant to love your neighbor as yourself. The Samaritan saw an opportunity as messy as it was to come to the aid of the man, and he did it. And in doing so, he becomes an example of how we ought to respond to others. And, 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 and as we do what we're doing at the same time, what we're doing is revealing the nature of Jesus. We are bringing the presence of Jesus here. Good. What would happen if every Christ follower... In Miami, built relationships with people closest to them? From like acquaintance to building a relationship. I mean, what what would happen? What would happen to become neighborhood catalysts to the love of Jesus? What would happen? What what, what would it take for for to lo- what would it look like for you to move yourself from a stranger to acquaintance to a relationship? You know, I'm dressed like this today because the guy, sorry, <laughs> you know I'm talking about this one, um, Fred Rogers, what what an amazing guy. I mean, if you know his story, he's a Presbyterian minister who just, he was looking at the children's programs that were going on in his era, and he noticed, you know, all these children programs are dealing with violence and you know they're trying to sell products you know and you know thank god that we have moved past that today in our culture right (laughs) um but so he decided he wanted to make a difference and he did it one child at a time he decided he was going to bring you in become he wanted you to be his neighbor and he decided to become this this neighbor his set was very it was it was amazing it was very simple not flashy at all, it was very simple, but everything he did from putting on his cardigan to putting on his blue shoes, taking off, he wanted everybody to feel comfortable because he was going to talk about some things. This guy, Fred Rogers, talked about deep things. He talked about evil, he talked about death, talked about war with children. And he made a significant impact, and and I, I read an article that said that he um that that every letter he got for the 30 or 40 years that he did his show he responded personally to every single one of them he really cared and he created this this thing of you're my neighbor he created this thing of 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 you being my neighbor we're going to come and we're going to talk about some th- some things together what would happen if we did that in our lives what would happen and so you, you might be here, you're like, well, Pastor Abdi, you don't live where I live. <laughs> like, if you live, you knew my, my neighbors are weird. My neighbors are totally weird. I know them. They, they're, they're weird. They're, you know, late at night, and, and I go to bed early, and, and no, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I want you to don't miss this part. Jesus purposely chooses the Samaritan in the story, because he was weird. All right, everybody's listening to the story. They're Jews, and when he says the Samaritan, that was anything but uh, anything but him. He's not the hero. What are you? What are you making him the I don't get it. That's like if Jesus is talking to a bunch of people who are Republicans, <laughs> and and he tells the story about this 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 fellow Republican who's got robbed and he's on the side of the road and, and, um, and, and wouldn't you know it, beloved Vice President Mike Pence comes walking by and, and he sees the guy and, and Jesus says, oh, but he just keeps going. And then, you know, Mitch McConnell, the next, you know, most one of the most powerful guys, Republicans, Mitch, Mitch but the congressman, you know, majority leader, he's walking by and, and he sees the guy by the side of the road and he just keeps going. And then he says, oh, but but then comes Ilham Omer. You guys don't know who that is. I'm going to tell you who that is. that's the first Muslim congresswoman who won by election to be sitting in the, in the, in the congress. And she comes by, and she's a Democrat, and she comes by and she sees and she sees the guy by the side of the road, And you know what she does? She puts him in the car, she takes him to the hotel, she slaps down her American Express and says, "Whatever is needed, put it on my bill." People, Republicans who are listening, are going, "What?" Did you get that story right? And just because we are like equal opportunity offenders, it's like if Jesus was was sitting with a bunch of Democrats in the house, right? And he's telling the story and he says, you know, so there was this refugee, beloved refugee by the side of the road who was beat up and left for dead. And and all of a sudden, you know, uh, here comes beloved Joe Biden walking by, right? And he comes and he sees the guy, the refugee. He talks so much about refugees, but he saw him and he just walked right past him. And then the other Democrat, you know, Bernie Sanders comes around and he's walking past and he sees the guy and he just walks right past him. You know where I'm going with this? But then our beloved President Donald Trump comes around and he sees the refugee down on the side of the road and he puts him on his Air Force One and he takes him to the White House and he puts him in his gold bed, I mean in his bed, and he's like, hey, you know, whatever, keep this man alive. I want them to do whatever we gotta do, just keep them alive. All the Democrats are listening to this story and they're going, are you sure you got that story right, Jesus? <laughs> like, like is that, did that really happen? Hold on, I don't understand. Anybody but him, but Jesus again says, well, who's my neighbor? The one who is in your lane. One of the things that Marie and I have done is a neighborhood barbecue party. We spoke to neighbors to the right of us and to the left of us, and we invited them, and they all came, and they brought food, and in case you don't know, you haven't been to our place, you gotta come over, we'll invite you, we'd love to have you, we're gonna have a a pastor's pizza party, but we're gonna do hot dogs and burgers, because I'm not really eating, but anyways, pizza party, we'll have you over, it'll be fun, Uh, but our place is really small, and so we had everybody that we invited showed up. And so it didn't fit in our humble, we love our place, and I'm not ungrateful, we love it, but we spilled out to the backyard and we had our little party there. And it was great. We built up a great, just literally right there, it was in our house, so people didn't even have to take Uber or anything, they just got out of their houses and walked over to our place, our our place. And so um, it, it was a big on relationship building and low on programming, just a great way to know people serve them and show hospitality and and look for most of us we can only do a few things right just like the lady on the video was saying we can only do a few things right right but let's make sure that one of them is the thing that Jesus said matters most a good neighbor always outweighs a good program and so here's what I would like you to do as you leave here today actually right by you where you're sitting either to the right of you to the left of you or right underneath you, there is these little magnets, these block magnets. Tony's holding it up right there. They look like this. They're actually on the big screen. They look like that. And so what I would love you to do is, this is for you, our gift to you. Uh, We want you to learn, to retain, and use the names of your closest neighbors. Write them down. And, and, and here's the application for today. First, grab that block magnet. That's for you. It's a block map. And you can put it on your refrigerator if you want, okay? And so, um, and if you need more, we got plenty more. So don't worry. We put them on every other chair just in case we didn't know where you were sitting, okay? But even if you're a family of one, you're like, I'm, I, I'm only one person. You could take it too. It's all good. And so what I want you to do is I want you to grab that. So that's step number one. Take it with you. That's for you. Step number two is I want you to write down the names of the neighbors who live in the eight houses closest to you, eight apartments, eight townhomes, wherever you live. And if you don't know, I want you to find out and write those names in. So step one is grab the black map. Number two is to write the names. And the point of this is to see if we know our neighbors. What are their names? Because it's hard to love someone if you don't know their name. Can somebody say yes? And so the last thing I want you to do, number three, is I want you to pray for each household. That's it for now. We're gonna start with that. Just pray, that's my challenge. Pick up a magnetized block map, fill in the eight households, and begin to pray for each home. And then next week, we'll begin to talk more practically about how you can act on that great commandment that we're talking about today. In your neighborhood, and one more thing before I close So if you're interested, even passionate about helping DV Us to do a great ministry of neighboring Let me know, I would love to know We need a small group of people passionate about reaching out To others with the good news of Jesus So if that's you, let me just know Simply write in that connect card that Abdiela mentioned earlier Um, Just write, I'm in and we'll get back to you. Drop it in the boxes when they come up and down your row and we'll get back to you because, you know, I believe this is important. Because I'll be back with some big ideas. And you'll have things that you'll want to talk about. And I will too. Would you bow your heads and let me pray for you today? Father, we thank you for this simple story. Thank you that Jesus knew exactly where and how to touch this man's life. And I pray that you will touch our lives just as deep. That you'll speak to all of us. Whatever you want to say to us, whatever you demand of us, require of us, pray. I pray right now that the Holy Spirit will bring us to being willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm available. Here I am. And here's what I have. Lord, we want to be true as your followers. And so we humble ourselves and we say, yes, Lord. And just still praying. How many of you would say, you know, I know that there are some people that I can be a good neighbor to. If that's you, would you simply stand with me right now? Awesome. See folks standing, I love it. Those of you who don't have anybody that you could be a good neighbor to, if you are a believer, may I just say, You need to get out more you need to get out of your little christian circle and you need to get out more and get to know some people and you need to do it now there's nothing more foolish than being locked up in our little christian insulated environment you have been gifted something precious and that is to be a good neighbor and so still praying today there are those of you here today that you would say, you know what? Oh my goodness, I feel like I'm so far from God, but yet I want him so much. I feel like I'm so far. How can I ever get there? Well, understand clearly that you cannot work yourself there. It is impossible. Scripture says that the only way that you'll be ever, ever be saved is by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. The Bible says that it is never, ever by works, and I want you to hear that. It is never, ever by works. You have no ability to work your way to God. It is impossible. Your sin separates you from a holy God who cannot even look upon sin. That's why it's so important for Jesus. The Son of God to be born of a virgin he did not inherit the sin nature that was passed on through the earthly father his father was father God in heaven who had no sin and so Jesus lived a perfect life as the innocent lamb of God without without any ble- kind of blemish so that he could be our sacrifice Jesus died in our place on the cross he became sin he died with, with that sin. He rose again on the third day and now scripture says, anyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. You will be made different. And you may feel like you are so far from God, it doesn't matter. You draw, you draw near to him and he will draw near to you. You call on his name, Jesus. Save me. There are others of you, you grew up around the church in the church, like I did, and you thought you were okay, but you woke up one day, and you realize, you know what, I'm not. I'm not okay. I I, I don't know him. There's no spiritual fruit in my life. I've heard the story, and I've never fully connected to him. Jesus, would you save me? Either group that you're in, as you call on him in a moment, you will be born anew. His Holy Spirit will fill you, and you'll be able to talk to him, and hear from him, and you'll be different you will have power that only comes from heaven, and you will be changed, because more, you'll become more like God's son, Jesus Christ, if that's your prayer today, where you say, Jesus, save me, be my Lord, be my Savior, I give my life to you, if that's your prayer, I'm just going to invite you right now, just lift up your hand with me in this moment, just lift it up, And leave it up. All over this place, there are hands that are going up. I see all these hands up here in the middle section. One, two, three of you. In this section, I see that one hand. Anybody in this section? I see those two hands over there. God bless you. You can put them down. Anybody else? I'm looking. I'm looking. All right. This is great. God is here, and he wants to meet us. I see these two hands up here in the front. I see that hand over there in the back. You can put them down. God bless you. Yay, God. Yay, God. He's here. I see that hand up here in the front. God bless you. You can put it down as well. Praise you, Father. We love you, God. We're gonna pray, everybody pray this prayer together. Nobody prays alone. We're family here, and we're gonna pray this prayer together in the name of Jesus. Everybody, pray with those around you. Just to, as a family, just say, Father, We just, just repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Save, me save me from my sins. I repent, I repent. and I turn to you. Fill me with your spirit so I could obey you, so I could follow you. Make me new. Make me like you. Because you died for me, empower me to live for you. Jesus, take my life forever. It's yours in Jesus' name, I pray. Doral Vineyard, would you celebrate with me? Would you say, Yay, God, make some noise? Let's worship God with some enthusiasm today because people said yes to Jesus for the very first time. That's a big thing. You may be